Welcome to Hemp Barons. On today's show, an old friend stops by our Colorado Mountain studio to talk hemp. I first met Justin Jones back in 2014 when I had him as a speaker at our first cannabis show in New York City. Justin's been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years. He had one of the first rec dispensaries in Colorado, and he was an original partner in Cush Bottles, and recently he made the transition to hemp in Oregon. Having been through the marijuana explosion, Justin has some great insight into where the hemp opportunities lie. Let's join my conversation with Justin Jones from the International Hemp Exchange. Hey, Justin. Hey, how you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. For our listeners, I would say you're probably one of my oldest friends in the cannabis industry. Probably. Yeah, and, and vice versa. We've known each other for quite a few years now. Yeah, and you were one of the first people on the cover of Cannabis Venture magazine. Remember when we had that yep. magazine going? I had you guys on the cover of that back when you were in, back in Denver. Yep, yeah. Well, that was would have been Kush Bottles days. Was that your first marijuana show at the Javits Center? Second, maybe? Or was it the first one? Yeah, we came out, spoke at that, and had some booths with Kush Bottles and Denver Consulting Group, I think both. And, yeah, and uh, that was great. That you was know, cool. you were one of the first guys to come out of the non-marijuana world and say, hey, I can help these people out, and I want to, you know. And, and so many people were just like, I can't. I won't touch any of that part of the world with a 10-foot pole. And you you brought your amazing skill set to bring people together and host a convention and all these things. And, and really, that was so crucial at that time. And the industry needed it. And, it, you know, it's not so tangible all the time to know exactly how that those effects are. But they're huge. And, yeah. and I, you know, I can attest to it. So th- I appreciate that. <laughs> well, we did tiny, tiny <laughs> bit of progress. Helped to, if we did anything, I appreciate you saying that. Well, you know, and at the same time, you know, just, just the connections that you make. And I still have people that I first met at that first Javits Center convention. And, and just knowing you and, you know, and then, uh, you know, when your daughter came out to Colorado and did a little internship with us at Denver Consulting Group and Kush Bottles. And, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that. We wouldn't have known each other, all the things, you know. So it's really all just spider webs out and gets better and better and bigger and everything else. Well, and speaking of spider webbing out, now with this farm bill passing, and now we're rolling into the next phase of this industry, and that's hemp. And that's that's what we're going to talk to you about today. All right. This is exciting. It's really exciting. It really is. Yep. It really, really is. I mean, everyone, I think most everyone, in the country now knows a little bit about CBD and some people know a lot about CBD, but I don't think anybody can appreciate the enormous demand. It's out of control right now, how much demand there is for CBD, right? I really agree with you there. And you know, the CBD has been going on for a while now and the states like Oregon and Colorado, and and there's a handful of other states that took the 2014 farm bill and took it a step further, kind of like those states have with the marijuana variety of the cannabis plant. They did it with the hemp. And instead of just having a research license, they went ahead and went into full production. So, you know, Colorado, Oregon, you know, have a big head start from the rest of the country Mm -hmm. because they've had the programs growing hemp for CBD. So, you know, this all started 
Sanjay Gupta articles and the Charlotte's Web story and, you know, those people that were, you know, helping these kids out with the seizures. And, and it's come a long way and expanded out on, as far as that goes from what I've seen. But the big thing right now is that this plant, the hemp variety of cannabis is now legal coast to coast in all 50 states. You might not be able to do anything with it from a production or growing or these sorts of things in those states, but that they'll come around. They all have to go to legislature, get caught up on matching up with the federal laws. In the meantime, we are seeing rapidly expanding market, both in the demand on the consumer side and also farmers growing hemp and growing more sure. hemp and more farmers coming in. So. Well, and you talked about all the medical benefits that CBD, but we're seeing this product in makeup, in lotion, in food. It's going into a lot of things right now. Most people yeah. right now think of it for medical purposes. But, I mean, as we're seeing it, it's going to start showing up in cosmetics. It's going to start showing up in, in Gatorade. It's going to start showing up a lot of places that you probably didn't think. And every one of those different organizations yeah. are going to need a supply. For sure. And that supply sure. is right now a little bottleneck because... It's, but, yeah. There's not it's a lot of farmers, and, right? Right. The floodgates just got open. There wasn't some tiered up, you know, well, a little bit of a tear up. But I mean, whatever was trickling out as far as a demand and, and, and just the ability to do it because it's now legal, that the floodgates got pulled. Everything's wide open. Because of this gigantic demand, or yep. this is where the International Hemp Exchange comes in, you're providing the seeds and in some cases the saplings for the farmers to use in their fields so that they can start yep. growing these. And maybe talk a little bit about this HGH seed that you guys are growing. Tell us a little bit about that and what makes that special. Basically, the International Hip Exchange has acquired the rights to grow HGH seed in the state of Oregon exclusively. HGH seed is now being produced in Oregon for Oregon on a fourth generation Oregon farm. So it's a, it's a great partnership and the International Hemp Exchange really, you know, made it all come together and couldn't ask for a better situation. Let's just talk about the business model. Yeah. In this greenhouse, which you told me is, it's like 24 acres worth of greenhouse yeah. space. Yeah. Which is, which yeah, is right. You know, that sounds, crazy. That sounds huge. huge. So in that facility, though, you're producing the seed and you're also growing the plant there to a point where yes. you can pass it off to the farmer so that he can put it right into their field so that they don't have yep. to worry about, you know, anything you can get them up and running on a hemp production pretty quickly, right? As fast as they can put a deposit down on seed. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, last year, Colorado had 600 total registered farms. So already here, six weeks into 2019, there are 2,000 farms registered to grow hemp in Colorado. So, so the 600 from last year, most of those guys are doubling, tripling, going 10x. But yeah, so we're creating this seed. And then our partner farm here also has the ability to, we can start the seed and grow it up as a starter plant and deliver that to the field. Back to the farmers, I think when we were talking earlier, you were saying that farmer can hope to make 500 to to $1,000 an acre in profit with their normal crops, but with, with their running hemp, just tell the listeners. Yeah. I'm not saying this. It's not going to be like the easiest thing to do. I'm not, I don't want it to come across that way, but yeah, you're right. Farmers make between about 500 and $2,000 per acre, and that's their profit. With hemp, 
right now, this year so far, the prices and the numbers that we're seeing, farmers are profiting north of $100,000 per acre. <laughs> this is crazy. Just amazing. So that's super exciting. And, and, you know, I don't think that any farmer should run out and, you know, pull all of his other plants out of the ground and go all in on hemp, that would be irresponsible. But I really do think that it's a chance for these farms to take a few acres maybe this year if they've never done it and do a test run. You know what? I talked to a guy who did two acres. He got a check for $480,000 for the biomass on the two acres. Yeah, You don't necessarily have to take a huge risk and you might have a nice windfall. Build a new building on your farm or upgrade your tractor or pay off a mortgage. You know, all the things that the farmers have to do to continue to create generational properties and farms that they can pass down to the next generation. Well, that's right. I think a lot of our listeners are investors and I don't think anyone really appreciates how much opportunity there is further down the supply chain like the farmer. So speaking of opportunity, talk about some of the other places within this supply chain that are going to experience some big windfalls. Yeah, good. I'm hyper-focused on our seed sales and, and really working with the farmers, but but I am seeing, you know, some of the broader side of the community and what's going on. And, you know, I'm seeing investment opportunities on uh, different types of extraction technology and extraction machines. And heard of uh, somebody that's trying to build a pilot extractor that would actually go right to the farmer's field. And while they're out there harvesting the plants, they're literally shoving those plants all right off the field and into an extraction machine and they're getting CBD oil right out the other end. Wow. So that doesn't exist yet. I've seen the schematics and, you know, I know those guys are looking for money and I think it's a, when you see the numbers, it's pretty impressive. You're looking at an ROI on buying a million dollar extractor that's weeks, if not months. Wow. But basically, yes, it's a fail-up situation, and I think that uh, there's a lot of good investment opportunities. And this thing is scalable. It's national size numbers, international size numbers. Everything's huge. Yeah, definitely in the processing and then also in the drying. In order to make that oil, most of the time, they want dried material. So now these farmers are cutting their crops down in the fall. All that material needs to get to a drying facility. So, you know, I was down at uh, the Columbia Hemp Company just north of Corvallis, Oregon. They took over an old lumber yard that had some big buildings and covered buildings and then lots of concrete. And so, you know, that place has got a bunch of different dryers, different technology. They just got forklifts hauling around these giant tote bags of material that's so big that they're on forklifts. They're taking the wet material, putting it through to dry material. And then at that point, it can be sold off to an extraction company to be processed. So those are both processing companies in the hemp world and they're handlers. But, you know, the drying of it the, and the, also the extraction part of it. That's where the bottlenecks are. So that's where the investment is too, I think. You know, that's the where the need is. Like I said, a lot of investors are listening to the show and hemp is kind of new, even though it's been around forever because of the passage of the farm bill. There's a lot of attention on it and the opportunities here, we are just scratching the surface. Remember, CBD is just one byproduct of this yep. plant. It's just one byproduct. There are so many that we haven't even talked about and We'll have oh, to save that for another, we'll save that for yeah. another show, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So we've been speaking with Justin Jones, who's doing business development for International Hemp Exchange. And I'm going to have Justin's email 
and all of his information on his website, along with anything about the International Hemp Exchange. And if there's farmers out there that are looking for some seed or some small plants to get ready for their next crop in Oregon, Justin would be yes, the person to talk to. For sure. Justin, it's been great talking to you and a great catching up, but let's not make it so long next time. Let's keep in touch. Yeah. No, for sure, Dan. I, I, it, it really was great and I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. That sounds good. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your canna confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.